0: Hey there, chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat and welcome to the Crime Chat. Oh, la, because la, diamonds are a girl's best, best friend. I am your forensic femme fatale. Natalie is your true a connoisseur.
1: We're just two girls who would rather be your shot of vodka than your cup of tea. <laughs> and don't forget to serve us a double while we obsess about dark crimes, evil minds,
0: and occasionally the unknown. Yes, a double because you can't have one without the other. No, you can't. That's right. You can't have the crime chat without Nat and Kat. Nat, right. Exactly. Here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of potentially, and it will talk a little bit of violence scenarios, but it's going to be drama, girl. It's Hollywood drama today, (gasps) but your listener discretion is advised. We are so ready for your crime chat.
1: So you have been warned. Bring the drama on.
0: Yeah, drama drama llamas all up in here today. Drama llamas, yes. Oh my God. So what have you done this week, Kat? So getting ready for a vacay. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I am also, uh, Chris and I are halfway through season four of Stranger Things. He is absolutely loving it. So he's like, he said, if we don't finish it tonight, because we're taking off on the plane tomorrow, mm-hmm. he's going to download the remaining episodes for epi- or for season four so he can watch it while we travel. <laughs> so, Did you guys get at least to the second part, or are you still in the first no, part? Still in the first part. Where I think okay. we're only on um, episode four. Okay. Oh, good. It's getting good. We got oh. another one. <laughs> yeah. My name is Chris, and I'm a <laughs> Stranger Things addict. <laughs> yes. What, <laughs> what about you?
1: Um, sweating, sweating my butt off. Yeah, yeah. So, so my AC went, just fixed it. I fixed it in time for us to be sitting here with these Amazing. glamorous wigs. Yes. And it, it, Cat has a tiara on. I do. I've got my Tara. Tiara. Tara. My crown. Cause um, Marilyn is the queen of Hollywood. She is that she is. So. Um, but other than that, I have Really, I haven't really watched anything, but I am really psyched for the new movie that came out today, which is Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. Yes. And, I've seen previews for it. Yeah. And I went, I went on YouTube and started kind of seeing if anybody has any reviews or from the commercials mm-hmm. or something. And they have some serious theories that are crazy because it's about aliens, but they're right. saying like the aliens turn people into horses or something, something weird. And you know, yeah. Jordan Peele, that man is just brilliant. So I, yeah. I'm just so excited. So yeah. excited.
0: Oh, so on, I, I heard on the radio today, actually for Rotten Tomatoes so far, Nope has got, is at like an 81, 83%, something like that for Rotten Tomatoes. So. And it just came got out. Pretty good. Yeah. And it just came out. So pretty good review so far. Yes, This, this is technically our bonus episode, right? Yes. It is. It's, it is a bonus episode where Chatters, there is an extra Saturday in the month, mm-hmm. so we throw in a bonus episode, and it. this one just happened to align with our uh, Marilyn Monroe saga. Last week, we did Norma Jean. Goodbye, Norma Jean. We talked about when... And marilyn herself identified the fact of when she was norma Jean, and when she became marilyn monroe we talked a little bit about that story so if you haven't heard that one go back and listen to it Yes. But this one in full is a bonus episode and can only be listened to in full on patreon on
1: patreon and we're back in our wigs again yes we are full so on video marilyn.
0: episodes too full yes. video episodes are only available including uh, the pictures and all the references, some of the books that I read and referenced in this, I'll include on there too. Girl, I'm so happy you're going
1: over this and you're telling the story to me in crime chat version because it's hard to. When I was watching some, what you yes. part of what you were researching the documentary, yeah, yeah. It, it's it makes it, I get angry because I'm like, yeah. oh my god, this poor girl. I just get angry. I'm like, you know what? No the way Kat was telling the story it was I can understand it better without Mm -hmm. being so like rubbing me the
0: wrong way but yes
1: yes so thank you for that
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay well I hope to I hope today is you know just as um educational and not Mm. emotional that's it that's it
1: yeah uh, okay, so with that, my intro today, I wanted to highlight a little bit more about Marilyn Monroe in pop culture. Okay. I think Perfect. last time I went over films. Yep. Yeah. So yep. now, for instance, Helen of Troy, her face, her beauty launched a thousand ships. you remember that story? Yes. When it comes to Marilyn Monroe, she didn't launch any ships, but she definitely launched merchandise. Absolutely. And Helena Troy cannot hold a candle to what Marilyn Monroe, till today, still does with just her her name and her legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- her presence is still felt in pop culture as of today all around the world. Yes. For instance, advertising. The actress's name and image has been used to sell mind-boggling array of products, including clothing, Coca-Cola, cars, Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most memorable ads didn't use her likeness, so they didn't use her picture or a face. Um, but it was in 1995, and it was for the Vodka Absolute. Yeah, and they called it Absolute Marilyn.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. And
1: he visited. I cool. I don't think we were drinking 1995. Not legally. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wasn't, yeah. also in art, the best known artwork bearing her likeness are the silk screens created by Andy Warhol. Remember him? Mm, yes. His, uh, he did his famous uh, silk screen of her uh, right after her death in 1962, and that was the pop, you know, the her face with the, the sharp primary colors yes. around her. Absolutely, yep. Brilliant, he's just yep. brilliant. She also inspired cosmetics. Marilyn has been the obvious choice to be the face of beauty products over yes. the decades. A popular one is a limited edition thirty-piece beauty collection from Mac Cosmetics, which included mm. nail lacquer, eyeliners, eyeshadow, and lipstick. Do you know this one? No, I've never seen it either. So I have no. to. Maybe, it might. It might not still be going on, but they launched a major, a major one. They had the money to. Nice. Well, of course. (laughs) Uh, She can also be seen in fashion. In the past, Mm -hmm. uh, Dolce & Gabbana has offered a Marilyn motif dress and T-shirts. Betsy Johnson has created a Mary Lynn tote bag. And the Italian luxury label, Salvatore Faragamo. That's the perfume I wear. I love Salvatore. Mm. Um, rolled out his capsule collection of shoes that recreates the Faragamo footwear worn bar- by Marilyn back in the day. Mm. So, okay, it's really cool. Huh. She's inspired nail salons, spas, magazines, movie, television, it, every everything and everyone. Yeah. Uh, so where do you begin? Okay. So in the movies and television, Ashley Judd and Marina Saravino, Saravino, Myra. Myra or Mira, Mira Sorvino. Mira? Mira Sorvino. Sorvino. I know the actress, yeah. but I don't know the actress. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying like yeah. I kind of know who you're talking about, but I really don't know who you're talking. So they both Mira Sorvino. Mira Sorvino. Okay um so they portrayed marilyn younger and older versions in the 1996 Mm -hmm. movie norma Jean and marilyn i've never seen that movie have you
0: i've heard of it but i've never saw it so when i was doing a lot of research i part of that was uh you know part of pop culture that has used movies specifically that have people have portrayed her like uh obviously madonna right and britney spears they've all kind of portrayed that Diamonds are a girl's best friend with the pink dress and all the diamonds. Yes. And, you know, Madonna's material girl
1: yes. song. Yeah. Um, another actress, I have no idea who she is. Charlotte Sullivan played Monroe in the 2011 Ritz Channel Ministries, The Kennedys. Have you ever seen that? Nope. Never seen either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know who Michelle Williams is, though. She yes. played a iconic Marilyn. Uh, that won her an Oscar nomination. Uh, oh. She also won a Golden Globe for My Week with Marilyn, which was an amazing movie. Okay. Amazing I've movie.
0: never seen it.
1: Oh, she plays her so... In my head, that's Marilyn. Okay. The way she okay. played her. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, James Franco kind of put a damper on the night at the Oscars because he showed up in Marilyn drag. So, yeah, he kind of took... The highlight away from her, which was yeah. really messed up. I don't like that. I mean, if you're gonna do drag at the Oscars, do it well. Or just don't do it all. I mean, or just not.
0: don't. Just don't. I mean, just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when it comes to Marilyn, especially um, James Franco. I mean, it'd be different if it was somebody who's known for that, like RuPaul, or something, like somebody who's known I, for that, where it would be more appropriate. Yeah. Well, RuPaul would do it.
1: Where no, I mean RuPaul would do it. He, he would do yeah. Marilyn Monroe and and <laughs> yes. his and his whole. Everybody who's affiliated with RuPaul would do it to a point where, yes, that's Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. He just had a, uh, on his last episode of All Stars, they did a Dolly Dolly Parton look. And I cannot tell you how much they looked like Dolly Parton. (laughs) Like, I'm looking, I'm like... That's Dolly!
0: Yeah. It's crazy. They're, they're just masters at their craft, so, yeah. There's one TikTok um, makeup artist that I follow. Her mm-hmm. name is Mama Kerr. She does the ones, like, all the animals and everything like that. She oh. does, like, a panda bear. She's done a dog. She's done, I don't know, just all kinds of... She's done Medusa. Like, she's amazing. So, Mama Kerr. But I she did recently... Janet Jackson, Michael mm-hmm. Jackson, and Britney Spears on point. Really? Amazing. All yes. right. I got to check her out. Sorry.
1: We got sidetracked. <laughs> That's all right. We always get sidetracked. That's all right. Um, she has, as you know, Marilyn Monroe has literally hundreds of thousands of DVDs and films have been sold with her sure. in it. Yeah. Even after her death. Yes. Um, Monroe's short life was the inspiration for Elton John's song "Cancel in the Winds," which I didn't know this about this song. I just found this out with this research. Uh-huh. It first appeared in It first appeared yes. in nineteen seventy three on "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." Yes,
0: I didn't know about that version. So when you told me, because I didn't, <laughs> I did not realize that song was about her. And then that prompted me to, like, look into it, and I saw the original one, 1973, yeah. Yeah, but, like, in the 1997 version, the
1: version I'm familiar with, he actually rewrote the song, Candle in the Wind, as a tribute to Diana. Yes. And in 2004, Rolling Stones magazine listed the original song, the 1973 version, as number 347 of the 500 greatest hits of all time. That's amazing. I know. Um, I
0: know my genes. Oh, it's a great song.
1: Yes. But that's the thing; like, it it has her name in it. Yeah. So, like, he 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 can he tributed to Diana, but he didn't say yeah. her name. Yeah, it was always Norma Jean. My, as you know, Madonna plays um, oh. homage to Monroe. Diamonds Ooh. are a girl's best friend. Absolutely. In Her in that movie, I think it was 1953. Gentlemen prefer blondes. Yes, it was. The Material Girl song, the iconic song. She did great. I think she did great. 1995, the U.S. Postal Service uh, reveals their 32 cent stamp bearing her likeness, and it has become the best one of the best selling postage stamps of all time there was do you remember a- when stamps were only 32 cents no <laughs> i don't you I don't remember this like, i, I, I block it. I, I have like i think i have a memory of a goldfish <laughs> i do i do uh so now there is a sculpture a designer william travilla travilla's iconic subway dress i guess
0: there was a, yeah. a sculpt have you seen it so i don't know about the sculpture but i know what you're talking about the subway from um seven year itch
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, This, it was called Forever Marilyn and it was 26 feet tall and it depicted Marilyn on the subway, great, posing for the seven year itch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The piece was on the corner of Palm Canyon in Palm Springs until June, 2013. I don't know why they would remove something like that. Like they should keep it.
0: I think actually, I do remember seeing it when I was in doing research and stuff. I think I remember seeing it as actual like sculpture. Yeah. I've never seen it. Gorgeous. I to, yeah. I gotta post that. Uh, and wine, you know, I had a
1: hit on wine.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, I have, I have a tribute. So I, I, last week I did my Johnny blonde, right? Mm-hmm. This week is barefoot Pinot Grigio because she would either be full out decked out or she would be naked one or the other like there was no in between with her she was decked out full you know going out Mm -hmm. or she would be just naked and so i contribute this to her Mm -hmm. in my barefoot wine very nice cheers cheers for this week cheers cheers i got my nut and cat glasses do you
1: and i don't we gotta (laughs) we gotta coordinate that a little bit better okay uh so nova wines uh, came out with a Marilyn Monroe-themed wine, I guess, series. And sure. they packaged the bottles with her likeness, her body, mm-hmm. and her face. Okay. And mm-hmm. that started in 1985. The products included Marilyn uh, Merlot. I Marilyn was that. Merlot.
0: Merlot. Marilyn Merlot.
1: I know, it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> Merlot. <laughs> These bottles. So this particular bottle can range anywhere from forty dollars to thirty eight hundred, depending on the year, the age. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Then there was uh Sauvignon Blancs. Okay. Sixteen bucks. All oh, right, that's more my style. And then yeah. there was Norma Jean, which was twelve to one hundred and six, one hundred and sixty dollars. I, I
0: love that, and that was Nova Wines. Nova Wines. Oh, that's in awesome. California.
1: Yeah. Now, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Marilyn did have her own drink, her signature drink that she drank when she was out, and it's still around today. Really? You can go to a bar and ask for it.
0: Can I get the Marilyn Monroe, please?
1: Yes. you go. I mean, you have to go to a good bar, not one of, you know.
0: Well, I'm going to go to, uh, when we leave for vacation and we go to the beach, I'm going to, at the bar on the beach, I'm going to go, I want a Marilyn Monroe, and I'm going to wait and see if they know what it is. Well, So what is it?
1: Wear your tiara. (laughs)
0: and bring that with you
1: (laughs) bring it with you Uh, (laughs) we are so okay you've (laughs) got you've got to join patreon (laughs) and there they are this is a patreon look (laughs) Prime (laughs) chat with nat and cat featuring (laughs) bella and biscuit (laughs) hush you
0: Go. Mommy. I was going to say mommy's the boss, but I told him to go, but they're still barking. <laughs> oh <laughs> this is going to be all kinds of bloops. But it's, uh, no, actually, it's not. It's going to be a full, I mean,
1: yeah, but it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good,
0: good, a good video. Good one for the patrons. A good one yes. for the VIPers. Mm-hmm. Wait. You're on the beach. Turn to butler. Bartender. that? <laughs> get one of those
1: long cigarettes like with a stick with the tiara <gasps> yes, yeah and you say you ask for excuse me can I have a Marilyn Monroe uh this would be four ounces of champagne one ounce of apple brandy and one teaspoon of grenadine sounds delish it does sound delish it sounds
0: amazing um, right it sounds like that would pop them all right back on your face yeah it's- <laughs> Yes. That's amazing. I love all that. I did not know she had a, a drink. Now was that her signature drink or was it a drink just named after her? Apparently, that's the drink she drank when she was going out. Like that
1: was her thing. Beautiful. She always drank uh she it, and it's also served in a martini glass
0: with a cherry. Oh.
1: So, when you see her like in public photos, she has a yeah. drink that she's often seen with, which is like this pink martini looking thing, but yeah. this is the this so well, the, grenad- the grenadine would make it pink, right? Yeah, she loves champagne.
0: Ah! Uh, I love champagne too.
1: That's what we should have did. Yes, <laughs> we should have champagne. We should have champagne it.
0: <laughs> well, Nat, are you ready for part two? I am. I am totally ready. I am prepared for this. We are on the second half of a two-part series <laughs> covering the mystical life of Hollywood's blonde bombshell, Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. The first part, again, we covered the life of Norma Jean, the name that she was born with. She was likely sexually molested and assaulted as a child, in and out of foster homes, rough upbringing, very rough, Yeah, uh, in and out of orphanages, and with a mentally unstable mother, unknown father, it led to a potential disaster on the uh. inside. Poor baby. Yeah. And where we left off, Norma Jean divorced her first husband, Jim Doherty. And was signed on to a movie contract with 20th Century Fox, becoming the iconic Marilyn Monroe. This is where we're going to pick up. You ready? Yes, I am. All right. A majority of Marilyn's first contract was acting training and the occasional modeling jobs. Basically, they were preparing her for what would be to come. Uh She did modeling jobs just to kind of make ends meet. And she was to understand that the filmmaking process, learn where and when her place was kind of in the whole scene of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. At the end of her first six-month contract, it was renewed, and she made it into her first movie roles. You mentioned that last week, Dangerous Years, 1947, and Scootahoo, Scootahay, 1948. What's Scootahoo, Scootahay? What <laughs> uh, is one that? Of, one of her movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So after this, she was enrolled in acting school, and while she had the enthusiasm, she was still very shy and insecure, kind of, about herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know that from her accolades, this did not last long. She would change, and her determination was probably the biggest factor in her her success overall. So diving into a little bit more of Marilyn. Marilyn's longtime friend, Johnny Hyde, was one of the most influential agents in the country. 30 years older than she was, he was wealthy, had less than 18 months left to live at this time. He devoted these months that he had left to live to Marilyn as her agent. Rumors flew around of their sexual relationship after Johnny left his wife of 20 years and bought a new home, said, Marilyn, will you come and live with me? At one point, Marilyn actually, or sorry, at one point, Johnny actually begged Marilyn to marry him. Right. And Marilyn said, later would say, quote, I don't love you, Johnny, and it wouldn't be fair, end quote. Like, he was just enamored by her. He was smitten. He was just all about Marilyn at wow. this time in the last that. year, year and a half of his life. So after a series of heart attacks, Johnny would eventually succumb to his ailments, Mm -hmm. lived on and off with her acting coach, Natasha Lites, who is actually like a a Russian-born, moved over to the U.S., Uh interesting for this time frame, who recalled that Marilyn was absolutely devastated when Johnny died. A week after the funeral, Natasha came home to find a note from Marilyn saying, quote, I leave my car in fur soul to Natasha, end quote. Now, Natasha's freaking out at this point, looking for Marilyn. She noticed a note that was on Marilyn's door to her bedroom. Mm-hmm. Her door was locked. But, but the note warned Natasha to not let her daughter enter the room. Natasha broke into the room, finding a naked and drugged Marilyn on her bed. And she said, quote, Marilyn, what have you done? End quote. Oh, Natasha, Natasha then pulled green goo out of her mouth. I don't know what that would have been. If it was like the medication and it came out of the capsules and it just made this goo i'm not sure but she had not yet swallowed it and then uh natasha also noticed an empty bottle of sleeping pills on the nightstand so this was supposedly the third attempt of marilyn to take her own life if you count two attempts before the age of 19. oh my god i didn't know any of that I, I didn't, didn't know any know of that, that okay. either. So
1: wait, so <laughs> that guy, that really nice guy that was dying, maybe that was like her father figure,
0: you know? Like, yeah, she didn't love him, but she did love him. But like, she had so oh. there's one movie oh, I'm trying to place it where it's she plays a mistress and she sings the song. Could you be my dad, dad, daddy? Cause everybody needs a dad, dad, daddy. Okay, you got to do the crime chat song. Okay. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a song she sings that in one of her movies, and Sh- Joseph Shank uh, was partnered with Daryl Zanuck when 20th Century Fox and Fox, sorry, when 20th Century and Fox Film merged, and they merged in like the 30s, early 40s. Now, last week, if you remember, I mentioned Daryl Zanuck how yes. he was sign- he signed Beachbody Tommy Zahn because his daughter was really, like, smitten by him because mm-hmm. he was a lifeguard on the beach, right? Yeah. So Zanuck actually did not care for Marilyn at all. Why? I don't know. He just didn't huh. care for her. That's interesting. Just like the but- only man on earth? Okay. <laughs> but Shank, on the other hand, uh, absolutely did. He was one of the most powerful and influential businessmen in Hollywood, when it came to like the, um, pr- production, right. We talked about Hyde being one of the most prominent agents. Mm-hmm. Shank was one of the most prominent producers. Okay. He renewed Marilyn's contract in 1948 for $75 a week, which was very, which was equivalent to her first six month contract. He, she got the same amount. Shank was known to have been infatuated with her. He played one of the biggest roles in the successes of her career. Now, initially, Marilyn denied ever having sexual relations with Shank. However, later, Marilyn claimed to Hollywood columnist James Bacon, that she was one of the girls who looked after his sexual needs. She lived in his guest house on his property Uh and they would laugh sometimes about Shank's occasional erections. And Ooh, now he was scandalous. in his he was in his 70s then. Oh, girl! <laughs> but um, he also would comment that it was nice to have her quote unquote on hand, should the oppor- opportunity um, arise. Well, no,
1: <laughs> no pun intended, but you know no, every
0: every pun intended. Every pun intended, one.
1: but you know, 70 years old and still getting, you know, amen. Good for so him, good for, good
0: for Swank. He's got some skank. <laughs> <laughs> so at times she would giggle because sometimes she arrived too late and he went down. <laughs> Is that another pun? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, Bacon, the uh, columnist, actually became very good friends with Marilyn and knew her very well. He quoted in Summer's book, the the massive book that I just yes. about read every page through, right? said quote I know she was promiscuous in those early days she admitted it helped and I had no illusions Marilyn Monroe was after me for me she liked me sure, but she was also after all the newspapers my syndicated column would appear in end quote, so I mean sure yeah you you make friends right. Now, while the questioning went on for years about Shank and Marilyn's relationship, Marilyn would have the final word as she responded to a British writer asking if the rumors were true. She said, quote, they can be. You can't sleep your way to being a star, though. It takes much, much more. But it helps. A lot of actresses get their first chance that way. Most of the men are such horrors they deserve all they can get out of them, end quote i can only imagine Fact, remember that yeah. little black book from the first part yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so these were just a, a few of the many alleged affairs that was rumored to have she had been part of specifically with older men she dated a few few men that were like her age and maybe a little bit younger but she was just really attracted to older men mm-hmm. and as you mentioned absent daddy right yeah, yeah. Uh, And so older men with other and other male um, who prominent figures in Hollywood. Now, you mentioned in the first part, the photography scandal with her nude pictures with Playboy, right? Yeah. Okay. So when Marilyn was broke, struggling 23-year-old, she posed nude to make some money while she was in in between contracts. Photographer Tom Kelly eventually sold the images as part of a calendar series Marilyn reportedly told Kelly, quote, you must promise to never tell anyone about my posing for you in the nude, end quote. Oh, and she said, I want you to promise me that you will take pictures so that I won't be recognizable in them. Three years later, the, f- the photographs resurfaced. Marilyn was contracted by Fox at this time, and someone happened to recognize in Fox that she, this rising star was posing nude, right? Uh-huh. Studio tycoons were panicking and were talking about canceling her contract, withdrawing her current movie, which was Clash by Night. Instead, they would tug on the public's heart first and suggested that Marilyn would make a statement about the photographs, that she was broke, she needed to make ends meet. The more pitiful, the better, is what they encouraged her to oh. do, mm-hmm. but it worked. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. By December of 1953, this photo made it to the cover of the very first Playboy magazine. Instead of the nude picture, they actually transposed lingerie, like a lace negligee, over her. So it wasn't in full. She wasn't in full nude on the cover of Playboy. They kind of edited it a little bit. Okay. But the inside, you know, the out, the inside feature mm-hmm. was. was it, it was one of those ones that you pull out, like three pages. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so this leads us to her next marriage uh number two joe dimaggio Ooh. okay so in 1954 she married baseball star joe dimaggio and the publicity was like out of this world right this was mainly due to the fact that they kept their relationship out of the public's eye for about two years in their on on again off again kind of connection now joe dimaggio actually at this time was retired from baseball when they got married once they decided to get married, they tied the knot in two days. Wow. Well, they knew each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. They had been together, like again, I mentioned, for the better part of two years. In announcing the news before leaving for the ceremony, Marilyn called some reporters, and she called one of her close friends, Sidney Sklosky. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit, mm-hmm. but nobody replied. She was, however, able to speak to Los Angeles journalist Candace Rocklin, who asked her a about how she felt about getting married she replied quote i've sucked my last cock end quote (gasps) now (laughs) Marilyn knew that they couldn't print that at the time in the 50s they couldn't print that no oh but she decided to make the announcement with a bang (laughs) now of course this came out decades later right so during their honeymoon they went to japan She actually left Joe in Japan and went to Korea to perform for the troops in South Korea serving. And this is 1954. Okay, Okay. Joe actually was really upset about this, Hmm. Um, that she would be away for so long. um, And she would later say, Joe, do you have any idea what it's like to have 10,000 people stand up and applaud you? Now this was Joe Um, freaking DiMaggio. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. (laughs) Of course he did. His answer, quote, 75,000, end quote, and walked away. Bam. Mic drop. There you go. Exactly. Like that's the (laughs) 1950s mic drop. Yes. Right. Exactly. Not a word more. With the end of their marriage less than a year later, she began to grow very discontented in her career kind of simultaneously. Joe began to accuse her of sleeping around, and the straw that really broke the camel's back was during the filming of The Seven-Year Itch. Summers said in his Netflix documentary that Joe couldn't deal with being married to the nation's pinup. As they were shooting that scene, the infamous scene over the subway grate, people were watching, trying to look up her skirt. They were running up to her for autographs. Joe didn't like it, and he was actually said to have made a very big spectacle about it. Marilyn said, quote, "Our marriage wasn't the happy one. It ended in 9 months, unfortunately." End quote. Now, while Marilyn's friend friend, while Marilyn's friend Sydney, who I mentioned earlier, he was actually invited to visit them in their Beverly Hills hotel suite cuz she moved to New York to be with him. Uh-huh. They would go to Beverly they would go to California often. So they were in a hotel suite and Sydney came to visit. Joe at one point in time left the room for a while and Marilyn dropped a shocker to Joe or sorry, Marilyn dropped a shocker to Sydney. She said, Do you know who I'm going to marry, End quote. And Sydney, of course, being confused at this time, because she was married to Joe, he was like, Mary, what are you talking about? She answered, quote, I'm gonna marry Arthur Miller, End quote. He didn't quite understand Sydney didn't quite understand what she meant. And the only thing that she responded because he was kind of confused is just wait, you'll see, you'll see. A little bit more than a year later, she married Miller. Wow. Yeah. Monroe's 1962 death at the age of 36 is said to have devastated Joe DiMaggio, whom she was married to, like I said, for like nine months, 274 days. The baseball legend never remarried and sent red roses to her crypt three times a week for the next 20 years. Are you kidding me? I didn't know that. Heartbroken. Oh my God. Okay. So Arthur Miller so joe dimaggio was 1954 to 1955. so Marilyn actually met arthur miller in 1950. Mm-hmm. arthur was married to his college sweetheart uh, for 15 years they had two children he was a very very fam- famous playwright uh author and wrote death of a salesman
1: oh i don't know
0: as they were headed for divorce <clears throat> arthur and his wife mary mary asked him "Marilyn or no because at this time, when they were going through their divorce, Marilyn had moved back to New York. Or into, back to, well, I guess at this time, it would have been back to New York because it would have been after Joe DiMaggio. Uh-huh. So while there had been no encounter of Arthur and Marilyn since they met in 1950, neither one of them would have ever forgotten their first encounter when they met. And it was kind of by chance at a party kind of thing. They began an affair, as if Mary had already foreseen it. Uh mary had seen something like this happen so uh, arthur was about 11 years older than marilyn and he would say he was struck by her quote sensitivity and feeling and grasp of reality end quote author arthur was truly in love and once told a time reporter quote she is the most womanly woman i can imagine end quote he admired her honesty which he would say helps an actress get to the core of their character She came to crave independence, intelligence, and studied at the actor's studio in New York. And this is where she started Marilyn Monroe productions. And you mentioned that last week. Now is forever is quoted on the inside of her wedding ring. And she wrote also on the back of a wedding photograph, hope, hope, hope. Like this is it. This is the guy. This is my man. Like this is the one, right? Arthur Miller briefly retired from movie making, and although she co-starred in a Lawrence, with Lawrence Oliver in The Prince and the Showgirl, and he actually wrote that, he followed her to London for this film, and she confided in her acting coach how she found a letter or a note that Arthur, Arthur had written describing how disappointed he was in her, and that she was more flawed than his previous wife. Oh my, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> very. Very. He also wrote that she was a whore and an incident Marilyn referred to very often. She's like, she would remember this and it was just devastating. Yeah, she's not exactly
1: whole to begin with. And right. she idolized him to a point where she was saying, like, I, I'm going to marry Jason Momoa, Kat, I'm telling you now. <laughs> her, she heard it here first, okay? <laughs> but is that going to happen? No, like, she, she kind of like, yeah, no, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. That's what they always say. Don't always
0: ask to meet your heroes. You may not want to always meet your heroes. Yeah. Least, you know. So uh, Milton Green was a friend and photographer at Marilyn Monroe Productions. While she was married, she was, a, and he would say that she was a very faithful wife to Arthur. Arthur. She wanted to go home. She wanted to have a baby with him. And she would say at her happiest time in her life, she would describe to Danny, who was, Dr. Greenson, we talked about her psychiatrist. Danny uh-huh. was his son. She described to Danny in, about a picture that was at the happiest time of her life, and he asked her why. And she was standing there in a picture with Arthur, Arthur's father, and she said because she was pregnant. Oh while she and this And she was pregnant while she was filming Some Like It Hot. Oh. Unfortunately, she lost the baby and had many miscarriages. She had, she had endometriosis and for you women chatters out there if you know you know yeah not fun her last film the drama the misfits from 1961 was written by Miller specifically for Monroe however it was evident there were troubles in their marriage while she was filming this and with Marilyn herself she would be late to the set she wouldn't necessarily be in her right mind Director James Huston said that he talked to Miller about this and that if she continued on this path, she was going to be in an institution or she was going to be dead in the next two to three years. This was 1961. She died in 1962. So he put this on Arthur as her husband to like, hello, take care of her. Yes. Times that she was in and out of depression. This is where it, it was very obvious to the people on the set that there was abuse of the drugs. She was taking uppers and she was taking downers. And although their marriage disintegrated during this production, uh, Marilyn and Arthur divorced in 1961. Ironically, the same day in January, President JFK was inaugurated into office. Oh. Which leads us to our next topic. Okay. The Kennedys. Yes. Here she was, divorced again, terribly lonely. Yeah. And this is when... Maryland's friend, Arthur James, said the Kennedys came back into the picture in the fall uh, in the fallout of her marriage with Arthur, Arthur Miller. Okay. Now, going back a little bit, JFK was single in the 1940s and 50s until he married Jackie in 1953. Mm-hmm. He was having relationships with a Danish journalist, Inga Arved, actress Jean Turney. And during this time as senator, he had an affair with Gunilla von post who later wrote that the future president tried to end his marriage to be with her before having any children with his wife jfk was also reported to have affairs with women like marilyn monroe mm-hmm. judith campbell mary pinot meyer marlene dietrich mimi alford and his wife's press secretary Pamula, pamela pamela tanner i believe it
1: i, believe, I it believe it
0: too and you'll chatters you'll see why okay <laughs> so marilyn he's a- a, see he's a whore no a war. I hate that word. He's a concubine. <laughs> oh he's a, what do we call it? A harlot. A harlot. I love that word. I love. All right. Okay, that's a good word. So, so Marilyn's <laughs> affair with JFK started in the mid fifties. Frequently go to California and use the Malibu Inn and drink at a place called Malibu Cottage, Ooh. and JFK got away with staying there with Marilyn walking out in the pier, being together because at this time he was a senator in New York. He wasn't known in California. Right. 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 So Marilyn's friend James described JFK as, quote, just some smart rich kid's son that became a senator, end quote. Who knew he would be the president of the United States? Oh, my
1: God. I wonder if that bar is still open. We should go.
0: Malibu Cottage. Let's go. All right. All right. Let's do it. The Bobby Kennedy fling started around 1961 after her fallout with, with Arthur Miller. Okay. The meeting place was at the Kennedy's brother-in-law's house in Malibu, California. Their sister, Pat, was married to actor Peter Lawford, and this was at the Lawford home in Malibu. Peter was a member of actually of Frank Sinatra's Rat Pack. Marilyn would stay on occasion at the Lawfords the Lawfords threw famous very famous parties and various Kennedys would attend discretion not part of the decor it was very open ooh okay peter lawford essentially would pimp out the kennedys in front of anyone to include dean martin's wife actor dean martin his wife jean what? who attended many of these parties and she said bobby was a grabber what? wait a minute. Bobby was a grabber. He would grab the breasts. Just walking by to people.
1: Bobby was a cutie too.
0: Well, I mean, I guess that doesn't make it okay. No, it doesn't. But you know what? If Jason Momoa wanted to grab me, I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So Jean Martin, Dean Martin's wife would say that, um, he would grab the breasts, and he's there. The Kennedys, in general, JFK and Bobby Kennedy, would their approach to women was just tacky and corny. Yeah, and they took after their father, Joe Kennedy. And you probably have heard of this: that Joe Kennedy told his sons, "quote Get laid as often as you can with as many women as you want." End quote. Have you ever heard that? No, you never heard that no. before. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh my god now on one occasion marilyn would tell danny again her therapist dr Greenson's son that she had to meet the kennedys at the lawford house in malibu because she had some political questions to ask she took out a piece of paper she started writing down the questions wow when she got to the house she sat with bobby took out her notes asked some questions and then at one point bobby got up called daddy mr joe kennedy and said guess who i'm sitting with i'm sitting with marilyn do you want to say hi It was just like a weird thing, right? Yeah, she's she's on display now. Yeah. Marilyn would also talk to Joan Greenson, which was the therapist's daughter, Danny's sister, about boys just in general and relationships Mm -hmm. and stuff. And they were, were probably right about the same age. Marilyn would tell Joan about this man that she was absolutely enamored by and only referred to him as the general. This was actually Attorney General of the United States, Robert Kennedy. And she only, t- she only said, the general, the general, the general. And he was married, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Now, obviously, the Kennedys also had enemies. There's a lot of assassinations, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those who wanted dirt on um, both Bobby and Jack, which he was also referred to, JFK was also referred to Jack, mm-hmm. as Jack, included the mafia man, Jimmy Hoffa, yes. right? Yeah. Former cop turned private investigator frode otash worked for hoffa he was who also was charged to target robert kennedy they had a vendetta for each other the kennedys had a vendetta for hoffa hoffa had a vendetta for the kennedys Uh hoffa wanted to neutralize kennedy and he and was hated because he was the attorney general and there's a clip in the documentary that's on netflix of robert Kennedy and Hoffa going, like, as it's seated in the Senate, like, going back and forth. Really? Okay. Like, just very tense. Ash was hired by Hoffa to find out what both Kennedy's relationships were with Marilyn, because at this point, there was rumors. They decided to use electronic devices and set them up in Lawford's house in Malibu, known as, quote, unquote, the Kennedy Playground. Otash said he placed devices in the carpet, chandeliers, ceiling fixtures, and then tapped the phone lines as well. One of his employees, John Danoff, said he listened to Marilyn and the Bostonian-accented JFK, Mm -hmm. which was very obvious at the time. Uh, He called, he, uh, so JFK would call Marilyn, Marilyn, and Marilyn would call JFK, Prez. Hey, Prez. So some of the recorded information include bedroom conversations with Marilyn and JFK. They heard cuddly talk. They heard them taking off their clothes and then sex acts in the bed. They also wired up Marilyn's house and said Bobby was there many times. They made more recordings of Marilyn with Bobby than actually with JFK. And she was actually more enamored with Bobby than Jack. Oh, okay. Now, May 19th, 1962, the infamous happy beeper day the <laughs> president mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at a very large party a Madison Square Garden celebrating mm-hmm. Kennedy's 45th birthday mm-hmm. right then the man who headed the 1982 review so 20 years later I think I mentioned this last week 20 years later they reopened her investigation right of her death yes and they looked mm-hmm. into it okay so the 1982 review former assistant uh, district attorney Ronald Carroll was quoted meeting with summers, the guy who wrote the book and is part of that Netflix series Uh saying, quote, my job was to look for evidence of murder. Carroll said, and quote, I didn't find any, there were pieces of information that might not have been, might not have thrown light on aspects of Marilyn Monroe's final days, her involvement with the Kennedy brothers, for instance, but that was the biographers and the historians. It wasn't my job. It wasn't the assignment that I had. So he knew, that there was this affair that was going on. He knew that the Kennedys might have been involved, but that wasn't his job. His job only was to find out if it was murder, if it was suicide. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay, so back to the sixties now. It was a very intense time and the onset of communism across Mm -hmm. the globe. Now, Marilyn often talked about geopolitical issues with the Kennedys and cabinet members. Her ideologies aligned with the left And she was investigated by the FBI counter-espionage department under security matter C or SMC, C meaning communist. These documents were kept classified for more than 60 years.
1: Oh, okay. Some
0: of which were dated 10 days prior to her death. Quote, unquote, foreign intelligence matter designation under B1 exemption of national security. So they were seriously looking into Marilyn Monroe and I'm going to get into it in a Here in a second. The FBI long looked into Maryland as early as the 1950s when she began her relationship with JFK. She was married to Arthur at the time, who was supposedly also a communist and allegedly joined up for a while in the Communist Party. They say Arthur strongly influenced Maryland as well to join this leftist communist party. Right, right. Now, nuclear war was also a constant threat at this time in the communist plan for world domination. March, 1962, five months before her death. Sorry, I had to do quick math in my head. (laughs) Five months before her death, she went to Mexico. Now her, her, her therapist, her psychiatrist, Dr. Greenson encouraged her to buy her own place. And she did. Okay. January of 1962, she bought her own place. So March, she goes to Mexico and she's starting to look for authentic furniture. While shopping for this furniture in Mexico. Uh, She just purchased a 2,900-square-foot home, Uh, hacienda style. uh She met with a gentleman that was uh, Frederick Vanderbilt Field, the great-great-grandson of railroad tycoon Cornelius Field. Field lived in Mexico for years because he was kicked out of America for being a communist. Uh But he was on hand in Mexico to show her around. The FBI was concerned that this was no ordinary meeting. They talked about political conversations. Marilyn told him about conversations that she had with both Jack and with Bobby and the FBI was watching and listening the whole time. Leading up to this, Marilyn's relationship with both JFK and RFK was at risk because of her drinking, her abuse of prescription drugs and the Mm -hmm. need for psychiatric counseling. So the FBI was like, we need to watch this person. You know, our, our country's leaders are going to have a fling with this lady. She's rich and famous, but she's got issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So intelligence agencies would soon realize that Marilyn was probably the wrong person to be that close to the Kennedys. Marilyn spent 10 days in Mexico, shopping, socializing, drinking too much. It appeared to be a very harmless vacation trip. But on March 6th, four days after Monroe got back to Los Angeles, a senior FBI official in Mexico sent Director J. Edgar Hoover a four-page report quoting two unnamed people close to her, and it said Monroe had, quote, associated closely with certain members of the American Communist group in Mexico, present and or past members of the Communist Party, USA, and their friends, associates, who shared common sympathy for communism in the Soviet Union. During the course of of this visit, mutual infatuation arose between Monroe and Field, and it was obvious that the subject was completely enamored with Field as well. She said the subject thinks that Field is rich, stable, intellectual, and dependable, end quote. Now this is all in their report that came out 60 years later. It was declassified. While in Mexico, the FBI learned that Marilyn chatted about the night she met Bobby and a long political conversation occurred. She told that a gentleman named Jose Bolaños and Field, her friend, that they, that she had debated U.S. policy on Cuba with Bobby Kennedy. Ah. No foreign policy issue is more sensitive than Cuba in 1962. Yeah. Uh, Cold War, Fidel Castro's in power. He says, hey, Russia, back me up. Can you send me some nuclear missiles? Less than 90 miles away to Florida, right? So Bobby Kennedy was directing secret American attempts to overthrow Castro at this time. This was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh and Anything he said on the subject would have been of interest to Cubans, Soviets, any other communist party, right? And there were some American communists in Mexico City where Maryland went. And as the documents indicate, they were also in touch with Soviet embassies. So we're talking spy shit now. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Two weeks after the report of Maryland reached the FBI headquarters, March 22nd, 1962, Director J. Edgar Hoover went to the White House to talk to President Kennedy, JFK. At least in part, the Assistant Director, Cartha Deloach, remembered Hoover's purpose was to warn Kennedy, warn JFK, about his womanizing. Kennedy, not deterred. Daddy taught me to take as many punani as I (laughs) want. Now, according to credible witnesses, JFK slept with Monroe two days later after she got back from Mexico during a weekend break near Palm Springs. Okay, now comes the death. Mm. Marilyn died from an overdose of sleeping pills or barbiturates in her Los Angeles home, the Hacienda home. Her death was ruled a probable suicide. And this finding was supported by the actress's history of a drug use and previous suicide attempts we talked about. However, some believe that she had been killed after threatening to reveal her relationship with the Kennedy brothers and that she had information linking the two men to organized crime. Marilyn had several phone conversations in her final hours. Two of them appear to have been highly significant. A young scriptwriter she met in Mexico, Jose Bolaños, who we, I'd mentioned earlier, told Summers that Marilyn called him at 9 p.m., after 9 p.m. Summers is the author, the, the biographer that yeah. read the book in the Netflix series. Okay. So Jose said, told Summers that Marilyn called him after 9 and said, quote, something that will one day shock the whole world, end quote. Summers pressed him and was like, Jose, what do you mean? What does this mean? What did, she see? what did she mean? But he would not go into detail. He never revealed that to Anthony Summers. Now about 9.30, Monroe called her close friend, Sydney uh, Gularoff, who mm. also refused to reveal any information that they talked about in this interview when Summers tried to ask him about it. However, before his death, Sydney wrote in a memoir that Marilyn had sounded frantic the night that she died. She told him, quote, Robert Kennedy was here threatening me, yelling at me. I'm having an affair with him. I had an affair with JFK as well. End quote. Now Marilyn told Sydney that Bobby went to Los Angeles that afternoon, not merely to or, or not merely to break off his own affair, but also to warn Marilyn to never call again. Don't call us. We're you're dead to me, basically. Wow. Okay. This sent her into a f- frantic yeah frantic like emotionally right it's over he told her now marilyn was sobbing on the phone i'm frightened i know a lot of secrets about what's gone in washington dangerous ones end quote this is this is juice this is yeah juicy. we are yeah. squeezing the juice right now <laughs> <laughs> summer said no fewer than seven people including marilyn's friends and two reporters are on record saying that the actress did habitually make notes in the diary one was Jean Carmen, a girlfriend with whom Marilyn Monroe discussed her scenario for suicide. In a memo summarizing an interview with Carmen, omittedly was actually taken out of the 1982 report, completely omitted from the report. Mm-hmm. An investigator wrote, quote, Monroe informed Carmen that Robert Kennedy made numerous business telephone calls to Monroe's residence. Monroe was aware of Kennedy's plans regarding Castro and apparently wrote them in a diary. One evening, Kennedy, Carmen, and Monroe were at Monroe's apartment when Kennedy discovered the diary. He examined it and became upset. He told Monroe she should never put anything in writing and to throw the diary away. Carmen doesn't know what Monroe actually did with the diary.
1: Holy crap.
0: Now, when she was found dead, according to her psychiatrist, Dr. Greenson, Marilyn had a phone clutched in her hand. And then Summers wrote in his findings through his investigation that Los Angeles Chief of Detectives Thad Brown had told another detective, Virgil Crabtree, sorry, Summers, who was the the author of the biographer, Mm -hmm. wrote in his findings during his investigation in 1982 that Los Angeles Chief of Detectives Thad Brown told a U.S. Treasury Assistant Chief, Virgil Crabtree, that a White House number was scrawled on a piece of paper, crumpled piece of paper found in her bed. So she had the phone in one hand and this crumpled up piece of paper with a phone number, which was a White House number. Mm -hmm. Quote, it was determined that she had called John Kennedy just before she died.
1: Oh Oh my God. God.
0: The last evening, President Kennedy was in Cape Cod enjoying a break. The White House switchboard patched calls through to him there. So she called the White House and then the White House patched a call to him. Presidential phone log shows that the early following the morning at 904 East Coast time, 604 West Coast time, Kennedy took a call from Peter Lawford's home in California and the two men talked for some time. Now this was the following, or this was the previous evening, right? Kennedy back at his friend's ranch, spent the day horse riding and playing football. And when news of Marilyn Monroe's death came up, his host remembered, that they discussed it, quote, lightly in amusing way, in an amusing way. Most of the documents that were requested for Summers investigation were declassified and redacted. And Summers said, quote, this past year, the final, the FBI finally provided me with more than a hundred pages. And that was last year,
1: Mm -hmm. 2021. Oh my God.
0: They finally provided him with more than 100 pages, and this time far less censorship than his 1982 FOIA request, the Freedom of Information Act. We talked about that a little bit in the in the Area 51 and how, you know, declassification works, right? Mm -hmm. So soon after, he said, I obtained some 500 pages from the district attorney's 1982 case review. Together, the documents threw new light onto Marilyn Monroe's death, one of the most enduring mysteries of the 20th century. Wow. The district attorney's 1982 review opened up a formal request for investigation with a possible quote unquote murder of this victim, Marilyn Monroe, by a person or persons unknown. So when they opened up the 1982, they opened it up as a murder investigation to see mm-hmm. if it, if there was enough to move forward with, if she actually was murdered, if there was enough evidence to show that. Right. Four months later though, the probe was closed. A report was issued saying there was quote, no prob- credible evidence Quote, no credible evidence supporting a murder theory, end quote. And there was possibility that the death had been accidental, but suicide was actually more likely. Summers wrote in his book, quote, there were pill bottles on the bedside table and the autopsy report was to give the cause of death as acute barbiturate poisoning due to ingestion of overdose. Mm -hmm. In the space for mode of death. Autopsy surgeon, Dr. Thomas Noguchi circled suicide, adding the word probable. Okay. So he put that in his book. Okay. So he also interviewed the housekeeper, Eunice Murray, who was the one who was quoted to have found Marilyn in her bed. Okay. She said that Marilyn went into her bedroom and closed the door around 8. PM on the evening of August 4th, 1962. At 3 a.m., she woke up to find that the lights were still on in Marilyn's room. She felt this was odd. She noticed that the door was locked. So, her first thing she did was call Dr. Greenson, her psychiatrist. When he arrived about an hour and a half later, he looked through the window to find her laying on her bed. Dr. Greenson was dead by 1982 when they reopened it the investigation right but years earlier he actually had told the police that he rushed into the house in response to the housekeeper's call he broke a window to get into monroe's room and then found her unresponsive he phoned her internist dr engelberg who hurried to the house (laughs) to find marilyn was quote unquote sprawled over the bed Ingelberg told the district attorney staff 20 years later, quote, I took my stethoscope out. I listened to make sure her heart wasn't beating. She was dead. I got on the phone and called the police, End quote. And then Dr. Greenson told Murray, Eunice Murray, the housekeeper, quote unquote, we've lost her. Mm. Summer interviews, interviewed Miss Murray six times during his research for his book which is extremely thorough by the way. And if, if I know I've mentioned this, this book is just, wow. I mean, years and years and years and years of research when he was literally gonna only spend three or four weeks in LA when they wow. reopened the investigation. For the most part, during Miss Murray's interviews with Summers, she stuck to her story the whole time. Now in their last conversation in 1985, she did a, an interview for BBC. The camera crew was starting to pack up, Summers was there, when the 83-year-old Murray put her head in her hands and she started to cry and she said quote why at my age do i still have to cover this thing it became so sticky that the protectors of bobby kennedy had to step in and protect him end quote now she wow. like murmured this at the end of an interview wow okay now doctors claimed that marilyn was found dead around three thirty in the morning and this is their testimony this is what it all came out to as the official right now an interview Summers did with the widow of Monroe's press spokesman, Natalie Jacobs, was done in 1985. Natalie said, quote, I will never forget that night. Someone came and got them. She and her husband were attending a Harry Mancini concert at the Hollywood Bowl. They were, so they were there at the concert, and then they left right away. She went home, and then her husband, Arthur Jacobs, who was the press spokesperson for Marilyn, went to the house. This was at 11 p.m. On the evening of august 4th mm-hmm. now remember she was found dead quote unquote at three in the morning on august 5th okay so when summers asked how it was possible that the housekeeper was the only one home at the time she was the one that found her dead and then dr greenson arrived later right he didn't get there till about 4 four thirty. Mm-hmm. he's like no my husband was there she could not say why her husband fudged records at the time he had been since passed away when summers went to interview her and the only thing that she said was he did his job to quote keep the press at bay that was his job wow. was to keep them at bay natalie stressed it that it was well before midnight when her husband was called when they were called from the Harry Mancini uh, concert and that summers found cooperation that a member of Arthur Jacobs staff, the press person. So a member of his staff, Juliet Roswell also said, Jacob said, quote, I went to Monroe's house at 11 o'clock that night, end quote. Now, what was going on between 11 o'clock on the evening of August 4th and 3 a.m. the morning of August 5th? Mm -hmm. Ambulance was called and took Marilyn to Santa Monica emergency she they claimed now this is summers doing his investigation that she was alive but she was comatose seven members corroborated this seven wow. members of the ambulance staff between the two drivers and then others involved she passed away and then she was to return to the home dr greenson did an interview in 1964 and said that marilyn was taken away by ambulance but died on the way and then her body was brought back and that Dr. Greenson himself was in the ambulance. Holy crap. Yeah. Mm. The 1982 inquiry, um, the district attorney's men interviewed photojournalist William Woodfield, who worked on the story of Marilyn's death for the New New York Herald Tribune. Woodfield managed to talk to Dr. Greenson on the phone months after her death and recorded the conversation. Struggling to answer several questions, Dr. Green said ended the call with a very kind of like just outburst. Uh-huh. He said, quote, I can't explain or defend myself without revealing things. I just don't want to reveal. It's a terrible position to be in to say I can't talk about it. I can't tell the whole story. Talk to Robert Kennedy, end quote. What? Oh. what? Wait. Wait a minute. What? Exactly. Now, when Summers asked Danny, Dr. Greenson's son, about this, he declined to answer. He said, I'm not gonna talk about it. Hilda, Dr. Greenson's wife, said that Dr. Greenson told her, I don't wanna burden the family with this knowledge, so I'm not gonna tell you what happened. Oh my god. <laughs> I told you this was like drama llamas be everywhere. The diary. Oh. <laughs> oh. We'll get into the diary. Oh, okay. We're gonna get into the diary. Okay. <laughs> Give me chills. Now Reed Wilson was most one of the most effective eavesdropping personnel in the US and surveillance expert. he worked for Fred Otash, and I mentioned Fred Otash was hired by Jimmy Hoffa, right? And, He said that Marilyn was, quote, raising a stink and complaining about the situation. She was hot and heavy for Bob, for Bobby. But it had turned to a different way. Unknown why. He didn't know why. But it felt like she was just being used. She said, I felt like I was just being, I was a piece of meat. And this is where the relationship ended. Harry Hall is an informant for uh, police in the local area. Mm Mm-hmm. And said the Saturday that this happened, Bobby Kennedy was in town. And he got this information from an FBI agent that was a friend. Not an investigation, but a very hush-hush that the Eternal Ge- Attorney General, right? Mm-hmm. He's the Attorney General is the boss of the FBI over the, over the Department of Justice. Right. You're not going to investigate the Chief of Chiefs. No. And by the way, his brother who's over him is the president. <laughs> Mic drop.
1: exactly
0: so everything was very hush hush now the district attorney's review in 1982 briefly covered the relationship between bobby and Marilyn, and deflected that the theory of the theory that he was at her home on the day of her death quote saying in the report there is no evidence that he was in los angeles and the newspaper placed him in san francisco that weekend in fact oops there it is In fact, Friday evening to late Sunday, Bobby was supposedly on a ranch, right? We mentioned the ranch where he was just, he kind of blew off the fact that whenever the news came about that Marilyn died, Mm -hmm. who was also a political supporter of his. From there, sources claimed, however, he indeed did make a trip from San Francisco to Los Angeles on the evening of her death. Okay, Daryl Gates. I've, I've mentioned so many characters in this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Gates, who in 1962 was an aide to the Los Angeles police chief, said, quote, our records show that Kennedy was in Los Angeles. Several other senior police officers have also said the same. One of the 1982 district attorney investigators told Anthony Summers, the biographer, Mm -hmm. that John Dickey, a deputy district attorney in Los Angeles in 1962, said he was told the attorney general was in Los Angeles on Monroe's last day alive. Ward Wood, a Lawford neighbor, Peter Lawford, the brother-in-law of the Kennedys, right? Yeah. Told Anthony Summers, the, the biographer, in an interview that he saw Bobby arrive in Malibu and that quote, it was late, that late afternoon or early evening by car.
1: Oh, there it is. And you said the word Dicky. Sorry,
0: did I don't I? mean, I, I'm just
1: saying. You said it. You said Dickie. What Dickie? <laughs> what part did I say Dickie? John Dicky. You just said he's a deputy DA. Oh. <laughs> Dicky's just, just a, a District, attorney. <laughs> District attorney.
0: District <Yeah. laughs> attorney. So in the morning of her death, O'Tasha's Tasha's people were allegedly hired by Peter Lawford to clear Maryland's house of anything that would compromise the Kennedys. Yeah. You asked where the diary was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so Lawford said Bobby was there. They had a fight and he left town only the one and only surviving photograph of Marilyn with the kennedys was from kennedy's birthday party and it was her in a beautiful dress neither none of them are looking at the camera that is the only surviving picture of them all other pictures were seized by the men claiming to be fbi the record recordings also may have been seized the ones that the recordings that otash did and his company did now Summer's findings on the several conspiracy theories that Marilyn was murdered, he feels, were completely unfounded, right? But the circumstances surrounding her death were a deliberate cover-up. Evidence suggests it was covered up because of her connection with the Kennedys, what she knew. Right. Right. So, Kat's theory. Bobby was in San Francisco. To make his, you know, to show face. And to right. have an alibi. Right. He made his way to Los Angeles. Because the FBI were like, Hey, Prez. She's probably not a good person to be around. Let's look at what she's done. Right. And Bobby goes there and says, We're breaking this off. We're done. She has a fit. Goes into this depressive manic yeah. Yeah. situation. Uh-huh. He says... At one point in time, I, th- I can't remember if I get into it or not. I know I read it where he said, where is it? Where is it? And this was on the recording that they found. Where right. is it? The diary. Where is it? Yeah. Okay. So in her last interview before her death, she said, quote, if I'm a star, then the people made me a star, no studio, no person, the people, right. end quote. And that just goes to point the legacy of this woman. Yes. And, and well,
1: and also the the Kennedy legacy is what killed her, because think about it. The government at the time probably had plans for Robert to be the next president. Sure, you know, it was John, and then it was Robert. Yes, and she was she was, she was fun. In the way. She was in the way, and she made back then, she made a, uh, you know, a, a white picket fence president look really bad because mm-hmm. he cheated and he you know and just looked bad so much dirt and so I, you're right dirt. i don't i don't think i'm not sure if he killed her but maybe she did take her own life as in in tally circumstance yeah, and yeah kind of maybe the, the in front of him or something and then he yes. was like i need to get the fuck out of here
0: and he left <laughs> yes he left in a hurry he called yeah. peter he called peter lawford and he's and lawford called otash Uh and said go get your shit out of the house and any evidence that the candidates were there wow
1: wow like so so happy i did not watch that documentary i'm so happy i waited to
0: watch it i mean you still need to watch it it's super enlightening okay um so her legacy Mm. the official marilyn monroe website has a bunch of quotes of things that she had said throughout her career. And I'm going to go through a few of them. So one, quote, imperfection is beauty. True. Quote, fear is stupid, so are regrets. True. (laughs) Quote, I restore myself when I'm alone. Yes. Oh my God. So enlightening. Yes. Quote, you must feel attractive to be attractive. Yes. Great. Yes. Quote, give a girl the right shoes and she can conquer the world. Amen, sister. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Quote, I was born under the sign Gemini. That (gasps) stands for intellect. (gasps) Who else is a Gemini? I'm a Gemini. I didn't know (laughs) she was a Gemini. Okay. Yes. Yep. June 1st. Uh quote. I like to be really dressed up or really undressed. I don't bother with anything in between. And a girl. And last quote, you can be feminine even in jeans. Yes, you can. Yes. Now, also on her official website, I want to talk about her story, like who she is, right? Okay. She gave her money to charity. She loved dogs. She loved all living things. She was a huge advocate for March Dimes. Earnings from the premiere of The Prince and the Showgirl went to a milk fund for babies. Oh. She admired Abraham Lincoln, and she had actually a picture of him that she took everywhere she moved. She she took with him. She uh, admired his civil rights movements, which Mm -hmm. she also practiced. She was intelligent, and she loved to read, cook, and listen to classical music. She also, as you mentioned earlier, was a style icon. Mm -hmm. The dress that she wore when she sang Happy Birthday to JFK in 1962, only three months before her death, was auctioned off at $1.2 million, million dollars, making this dress the most expensive personal dress uh, uh, sold at auction. Another iconic dress she wore for the movie Seven Year Itch, standing over the grates, right? That mm-hmm. dress that just yeah. flowed with the air, sold for $5.6 million, making it the most valuable movie costume of all time. You kidding me? Who no. paid $5.6 right? million? <laughs> Somebody who could afford it, not RuPaul. us. <laughs> Maybe
1: he can fit his button in. Maybe he did it.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, now while her wardrobe was remarkable she did not collect much fine jewelry except for a diamond ring that joe dimaggio gave her and a strand of mickey moto pearls i don't know what mickey moto pearls are me neither (laughs) they sound fabulous (laughs) and then of course her hair is almost as conic as she is right the wigs Mm -hmm. Yes. her hair there's so many things as you mentioned that have like are off of her look Mm -hmm. she was a very serious actress And in many movie manuscripts, she underlined, circled, wrote notes on the side to make sure that she cappered the essence of the character that she was portraying Mm -hmm. at the time. Now, I mentioned her Hacienda home, right? Yes. Which is where she died. She lived there only about six months. It sold for $7.2 million in 2017. Wow. Wow. Now, even up to 47 years after her death, now... Coming up here in the next couple weeks, it's going to be 60 years since her death. Oh my god. 40 years af- 47 years after her death, Marilyn Monroe's star burns so brightly that bidders are lining up at a chance to rest near her. <gasps> a highly publicized eBay option, eBay auction for the crypt directly above hers in Los Angeles ended on August 24th. It attracted 21 bids, many reaching millions of dollars, but the top offer was $4.6 million. Wow. The Japanese owner or winner of this said that there was a paying problem, so it never ended up to be purchased. So whoever ends up in the crypt above Marilyn Monroe will be basically in a corridor of memoirs (laughs) of where she is. Westwood, which is uh, Westwood Memorial Park and the final resting place for the who's who of Hollywood royalty to include Dean Martin, Truman Capote, and Donna Reed. Wow. And this is the Marilyn conclusion. Oh, my. Part God. two of Marilyn Monroe.
1: Oh, my God. Did I blow I, your mind? Yes. And you know what? Think about it. Joe DiMaggio, you said, sent her flowers for 20 years. Yep. That shows t- shows you. She was an amazing woman. Yeah. She may Arthur... have been too smart and
0: too pretty at the same time. So when after she died Arthur Miller never did any in, any interv- interviews and with Anthony Summers the biographer he wrote him a very kind declination to basically say I will never speak of anything that has to do with Marilyn Monroe.
1: Good, good. Cuz you know what? How dare he call such a precious broken soul, a whore. <laughs> Who the, f- mm, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I, guess I don't think it's appropriate for you to ever call your wife such a term. Just yes. not okay. And, yeah. oh, but.
0: So, wow, the conspiracies, right? So, yeah. I think, so, and I think because it wasn't until last year that the FBI released the redacted and 500 pages and so anthony summers in march of this year did a huge article in readers digest about it he redid his book and then the netflix series came out that all has to do with the findings that came out from this 500 pages that the fbi released detailing the information including his investigation that he did since 1982 so for the last 40 years And that's why he's, I feel he is the most prominent biographer of her life. Yes. And like I said in part one, nobody ever knew the true, no one person ever knew the whole story of Marilyn. It was very bits and pieces.
1: Yeah. All
0: put together. And I think Anthony Summers just did a phenomenal job in putting that all together. Yeah. Because while it could have been an accidental overdose or intentional overdose, maybe because she had attempted it previously she thought she would survive and it was more of um, a reaction yeah. yeah to I agree the Kennedy situation and being basically cut off by the Kennedys yeah she'd been a part of the Kennedy's life for almost for a decade essentially right. especially JFK yeah i definitely
1: think uh i'm not saying they killed her but i think that robert oh, yeah. was probably in the room when she Sure, did I can something see that. to herself, and he she, needed. She he took the to,
0: pills. Yeah, yeah, he wants yeah. to be president. He's like, clean this mess up. So the theory goes that after Bobby left, she was distraught. She called JFK. Yeah, he was in Cape Cod at the time. They patched it through. Had a conversation. Then, first thing in the morning, he gets a phone call from Peter Lawford. Lawford explaining what happened to JFK. Uh-huh. Bobby at the time went back to San Francisco. So yeah. you've got a lot of missing pieces. And so Peter Lawford, um, Summers did actually interview him. And while Peter Lawford never really talked about what happened, uh-huh. he literally broke down in the recording of his conversation. And you'll find that in the Netflix documentary oh, where he God. talked to Peter Lawford and he's going, I should have done something. I should have been there. I should have gone to the house. Like he has that guilt yeah on him afterwards what he was the one who ordered to get rid of everything that had to do with the kennedys out of her house who and do you think has that felt now? that i think it's destroyed you think so yeah absolutely it's oh my god what a traumatic
1: yes just uh i just feel so bad for her like i just feel so my heart just breaks for her but i know Think about if she didn't say she didn't pass away,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yep.
1: What the hell she would be is in her
0: she, 80s? Probably now, maybe right. But like, yeah, what the hell would her
1: life look like? Some people brought bright burn so bright and then they burn out real quick. But like, she I think she was we we focus on her beauty, but she was more than just beauty,
0: she was. And she wanted to make herself more than yeah. that. Now, and admittedly so, she knew that, you know, having maybe sexual relationships on the onset of her career, but when she decided to focus so much, when she went to the actor studio yeah. to learn and she was married to Arthur Miller at the time or dating Arthur Miller at the time, I was around, right around that time frame. she took everything in there to heart and wanted to just be the best actress that she could be. Right, and yeah. did everything that oh, she baby. could to do that. She had, and that's when she started Marilyn Monroe Productions. You know, so wow. it was, yeah, phenomenal oh story. Do you understand why there is so much? And this isn't even.
1: Uh, I can imagine all of
0: it. <laughs> I know we could probably do a part three. Oh my gosh, so
1: much. This was well, amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes. I could never wrap my brain around this. I could never do it. I hope it was articulated well because I was all over the place writing it. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Because I honestly, I had a hard time. This was so much easier. Personally, this was a lot easier. You you made it more understanding than that. Look, no, no shade Netflix. <laughs> and I'm not saying summers is great, but I'm just yeah. saying cat... Kit Kat did it did it better <laughs> with the wig on and a tiara
0: because mm, I'm the queen
1: that's right exactly <laughs> oh my god um, all right and because we don't want to leave you hanging chatters for any more information that you want to hear about Marilyn Monroe
0: the queen of Hollywood
1: the queen please check out after that crime chats
0: and on Patreon, I already have some pictures and stuff posted. I'll put the rest of them on there
1: mm-hmm.
0: with, um, again, my references that I used to gather this information. And there is a poll, okay? I want to do a poll.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Like, swing it? on it? Yeah, like, what? it? Is... <laughs> I don't want to slide out a poll. I want to swing on <laughs> Let's do a Patreon poll. Okay. What is your favorite Marilyn Monroe movie, patrons, VIP chatters? Yes. Give us their best. And then I also want to do a poll in part one where you said number one is Eleven's father. I want to see who believes that.
1: Oh, it's, it's, I, I, listen, Marilyn Monroe can kind of sit there and like uh, tell you, tell us who she's going to marry. I'm going to tell you. What's gonna happen next on Stranger Thing? I'm
0: tuned in. I'm tuned in. Tell Chris. Did you tell Chris that? Yes. What did he say? Well, not yet. No, no, no. I haven't told him that yet. Okay. I'm gonna see because he's now just introduced to number one where he's like, who the fuck is this guy? Okay. 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 But don't forget, chatters, follow us on Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. See what's coming up.
1: Yes. Crime Chat with Nat and Cat. Subscribe to our Patreon. You'll get bonus episodes, behind the scenes, bloopers. Also check out Merch in the Works and also free stuff. Free stuff. I I haven't cursed at all during
0: this episode. So free shit,
1: Chatters. Free shit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Be sure to check out our next episode. It is a Chatter request from one of our youngest Chatters out there, Sarah. Yes, Yes, Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. Be Mm -hmm. ready, Sarah. Your story is coming next. Yes, and you don't want to miss it. We will see you at the next crime, crime chat. chat. Bye. 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 Bye.